I'm Daniel Britt, and on our guest line is a vocalist and songwriter, and she plays the mandolin. She's the middle child of this family group we're going to be talking about. She's written many great hits. Uh, in fact, she won her first award at age 19. She's also performed backup as a vocalist for Vince Gill, Dolly Parton, Ralph Stanley, Brad Paisley, Cynthia Clawson, Kirk Talley, and more. Uh, we're talking to Sonia Isaacs of the Isaacs. Sonia. Good morning. How are Good evening. you? Good <laughs> evening. This is, uh, this is going to be a great concert that we're talking about. It's at Second Baptist in Griffin and, uh, and the Isaacs were in our area not too long ago. Uh, but we've seen, you've seen you perform with the Gaithers. We've seen you perform on the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, how is this concert going to be different? What can people expect if they never attended an Isaacs concert before? Well, it's been a great thing for us to be on the Gaither tour. Um, but when we get to do a concert just by ourselves or with one other group or two, we have a longer time to perform, so they really get to see the full gist of what the Isaacs music is about. We get to play, um, we'll do, um, I, every place is different, but we'll do at least an hour, I'm sure, of of, um, of just Isaacs music, and there'll be hopefully funny moments, <laughs> there'll be some uh, some spiritual times we we definitely rely on the Holy Spirit to get us through the services a lot and um we'll just have a good time. We'll be standing on stage with our instruments and of course we're acoustic band, so we have mandolin bass guitar, a couple of guitars, banjo, and a new fiddle new fiddle player and um we're we really have a great time in our own show, so I hope everybody can come out tomorrow and and um and be a part of this wonderful event. We can't do it without the people, so we need you guys to come. And we talked to your mom not too long ago, and uh, and she's uh, what we call the matriarch of the group. She's sort of the spokeswoman. Uh, she stands out front a lot and does a lot of the uh, introducing of songs and whatnot, as far as uh, at least the way I understand it. Uh, what's what's your specific role on stage? I know you're a middle child. Do you sometimes feel like you get lost in the shuffle? <laughs> me because she says that I'm the middle child and the middle children are always the problem children. <laughs> yeah. uh, she says I managed to get in the middle of everything, but I, I correct her and say, Mama, somehow everything manages to get around me. So, <laughs> um, But I actually share the, the uh, MC responsibilities with her on stage. I do some of that as well. and I'm, um, I sing just about on every song and I play the mandolin. So I have a very active role on stage and we all do. There's six of us on stage. Uh, it's my mom, and she sings. My sister plays guitar and sings. Her husband uh, plays guitar and banjo. And then my brother plays the upright bass and sings. And then we have the fiddle player. He just plays. And So that's it. There's six of us, and we're playing as hard as we can. Uh, but we all have a good time, and, um, and we, we share the, the roles. Actually, we all do. Uh, as far as the instruments go, I think most of the instruments are, are uh, pretty well known, self-explanatory. But the mandolin uh, may not be as as well known uh, to those who are not familiar with bluegrass, um, or even if they are. And I know that uh, that the Isaacs are more than just bluegrass. So how do you make the mandolin? How do you make that particular instrument um, uh, speak well or play well with uh, with the other styles of music you do? Well, the mandolin is quite a popular instrument, and it crosses all the boundaries of music. Um, it makes its way into pop and, of course, country. And, uh, you know, there's even been rock artists like Kid Rock and those mm-hmm. different artists, that, the Eagles and those kinds of people that use mandolin. 
And uh, for those people who don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's small, about the the size of a half of a guitar, and it has a round shape. Uh, the body's round, has eight strings, and um, it's it's kind of hard to describe it, but it's been around for years. <laughs> they call it. Some of them look really round, and they look like a uh, tater bug man one's what they call them. Mine's a little more modernized. <laughs> In fact, uh, we're we're very blessed that Gibson Music Company endorsed the, our family a few years ago, and we have wonderful Gibson instruments now. And um, but the mandolin, uh, I've been playing since I was um, well. I started when I was about seven or eight years old, and learned a few chords, and um, and then I put it down because I got interested in dolls and things <laughs> yeah. and boys, and then I got and <laughs> picked it back up when I was about. I think about uh, 14 or 15, and uh, started playing again. And our, our family is so musical. Our dad was uh, not to pardon the pun, but very instrumental in us mm. learning <laughs> our instruments because he can play uh, all the instruments that we play. And he hasn't traveled with us for about uh, probably eight or nine years, but he taught us a lot about it. And so we just we have fun. I, I love to play, and um, I'm, I'm I'm not as uh, confident on the instrument as I am singing. I guess I've just sang longer and, uh, you know, but but people seem to think I play pretty well and I'm not certainly not going to toot my own horn, but we have a good time. So I just want everyone to come out and see for yourself if she can play the mandolin or not. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and well, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you about that. Uh, how did how did you get started? I know the I know your mom told us the story of how uh, of, of how she and your dad met and and how that came to be. Not only the the relationship marriage, but the marriage of musical styles and whatnot. But um, but did you grow up uh, singing and was that your main thing or or like you said the mandolin was that more of your forte? Well, uh, you know, my, yeah, my parents. That uh, for those who didn't hear that story, there, uh, my mother's Jewish. My dad was, uh, is a hillbilly from Kentucky, and they grew up in music. And when they got married, they both became Christians shortly afterwards and dedicated their music to Christ. And so, my brother, who's two years older than I've been, and my sister Becky, she's a year younger, so I'm right in the middle, and we're we're all just barely in our thirties now. Um, but we we grew up on the road singing and my family, my parents would travel locally and they had other musicians in the group. And as we grew older, um, we just developed a natural interest in music and the instruments and singing. And from the time we were five years old, four years old, we were learning to sing harmony. And it came very natural for us. In fact, with our voices so young and so high pitched, we sounded a lot like the chipmunks when we would sing harmony. (laughs) But it was a, a God a naturally God-given thing for us to to uh, pick it up. So my parents would make us sing everywhere. My grandmother used to have a club up in New York called Shorehaven, and we would go with her in the summertime to go swim, and they'd make us sing. Uh, but just, you know, we had a lot of experience out from them making us sing. And then as we, uh, as I believe, I was probably the first one to want to pick up the, the instruments. And we had a young man traveling with us at the time. His name was Randy Fox. And Randy's now singing with a group called the Primitive Quartet. But he was playing mandolin. And one day Randy turned in his notice to leave. And I said, Daddy, I want to play for the group. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like a matter of, uh, within just a matter of a few months, I was already on the front line, hmm. you know, firing away on it. And uh, and then the same thing happened with my brother when our bass player left and my sister with the guitar. And... Uh, so it just it got really, you know, put instruments in our hands that would complete the band. And um, 
So I know that what we do um, is called of him, and, and we have to place him with these instruments and these strings because he's the one that gives us the talent to do it. Uh, I'm at a loss for words to describe this, so I'm going to ask you, because maybe, um, maybe you've heard a better description, obviously, than I have. Uh, there is a certain sound uh, that that your voice produces, and especially with you and your sister when y'all when, when you harmonize, it's so unique. Uh, have has anybody ever given you a, a really good uh, uh, a description of your voice that uh, would would help us to know exactly what Sonia Isaacs uh, brings to the table vocally? Well, I, I have had some comparisons. Um, I mean, everybody wants to compare you to somebody, and I yeah. guess that's the only way you can describe someone's voice when you want to do that. Um, but probably the greatest compliment that I ever got, which is kind of a strange compliment, but <laughs> was when, uh, let's see, who was it said it? I guess it was uh, Dolly Parton said it. Mm-hmm. That if, let's see, what did she say? If I'm trying to remember. No, someone else said it, that if Linda Ronstadt and, yeah, Dolly said, if if Linda Ronstadt and Emmy Lou Harris had a daughter, that she would sound like me. <laughs> that's pretty accurate, I think. That, you think so? That's, that, that's pretty good, yeah. Isn't I, that a strange compliment? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 can, I can see how it's strange, but it's it's really accurate. I, I see where she's coming from there, and, yeah. um, and that's made you a very... Uh, very popular support vocalist or background vocalist, not only for the homecoming choir when you're when you're traveling uh, with the friends across the country and on the videos, but also for some uh, some well-known artists like Dolly Parton or some of the the country greats. Uh, as a as a Christian artist, uh, how does that feel to be working in Nashville and crossing that line? Well, I, I don't know if uh, you're aware of it, and probably a lot of the listeners aren't, but I was um, a part of Lyric Street Records, which is the country the Disney country label here in Nashville for about six years, and I left that label about been almost well, two years ago, just about. Um, and I had two albums that I completed on Lyric Street as a soloist, and um, I was very careful when I did it to um, to make sure that I didn't compromise lyrically or um, spiritually anything musically that I, you know, was asked to do. And of course, everyone respected me. And there, you know, I would say that Nashville's a very Christian town. There's a lot of Christian people here, and um, so people automatically associate Nashville with being, you know, secular. But there's a huge Christian family base here too. And and I have been asked to sing on a lot of projects. It's been such an honor, and and it feels like such an honor because I've been able to sing on albums with Dolly and. And Reba recently, and Vince, and um, just my musical heroes, um, and so it feels it's awesome, and and it's wonderful to be able to represent um, what a Christian is supposed to be like, uh, and have everyone to acknowledge that and respect you for it. And you know, a lot of the people here in Nashville, even though my family's not crossed into um, this market very much, the country market, a lot of the artists here know us and because we get to sing on the Grand Ole Opry, which we are singing on the Opry again on, a, I think it's April 18th, it's a Tuesday night Opry. Mm. So um, a lot of people here um, are very kind and gracious and, and like our music. So it's just a neat thing, and I love living here. I moved here about three, three and a half, three years ago. So 
It works for me. <laughs> yeah, about half the Isaacs are in Nashville, and the other half's on uh, in uh, in Eastern Tennessee, right? That's right. My yeah. brother and I live here, and Ben's getting married actually uh, the ninth of April. So another, oh my goodness, a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you feel like it's a pretty big accomplishment for the Isaacs to have uh, received that endorsement from Gibson? Yes, absolutely. Um, they gave John a great banjo. He gave us a, a guitar, a dobro guitar, and and then my mandolin that I'm playing. They actually um, let me design parts of it, and I was there for the whole process. And I got to put my na- my name on the end of it on the headstock, and um, yeah, it's a big honor. And uh, we certainly, I don't think that they would have uh, trusted us, entrusted us with that name without feeling like we were at least good enough to carry it so that totally means a lot to me and i joke around on stage of course i'm telling you all my stage jokes but <laughs> I, tell, I tell people every night that are at the show and watching and you know i said you know there's a lot of what we call nosy people out there and they want to know if i'm married or have a boyfriend and i hold my mandolin up and i say well i like to introduce you to him his name is gibson but I call him Gibby for short. <laughs> it's great. And I say, you know, the best part of how, about having a man like Gibby is that he does everything you tell him to. And when you get tired of him, you can just put him away. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that, that's but pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, but we're very honored by it. Uh, Mark Lowry goes to Hollywood. You guys were featured on that and a big part of that video. And uh, if you if you have the DVD version, you get to see some behind the scenes, some um, and where the jokes are, are turned, the tables are turned, and you guys really have fun with Mark uh, at his expense. Uh, what was what was that like going to Hollywood with Mark Lowry? Oh, Mark is so funny. Uh, those of you that are listening that know Mark Lowry, or you know his his comedy. He's just he's very funny, but but Mark. Off stage, he's funny, but he's very in-depth and he's very curious. He's like one of those inquiring minds that wants to know everything, so he gets into your head and asks thousands of questions, and he's just great. Um, but, but going to Hollywood was a wonderful uh, experience for us, and and we love Mark, and you're right. Most people don't get the chance to, to uh, lay it back on him when he dishes out, but, but we had so much fun, and, of course, they were all talking about his chin and uh you know, Mark's famous for his protruding chin, like Jay Leno, mm-hmm. and um, so we had a great time talking about his chin and his head, and uh, and being able to sing. And I mean, if you've watched the video, you know that there were some very spiritual moments, and there were other moments during the taping that didn't make the video that were just even more amazingly spiritual. And um, but it was it was a lot of fun, and um, it was a great experience. We won't we will never forget it. We're talking to Sonia Isaacs, and it is Sonia, right? That's right. Thank it, you for uh, saying it correctly. Uh, uh, Son- Sonia or Sonia, and I, and I heard you say Sonia, so I said, well, I guess you would know. Um, That's right. And she's with the Isaacs, and they're going to be performing uh, on Sunday. That's tomorrow at Second Baptist Church in Griffin, and uh, and I'm looking for a phone number for more information here. Uh, 678-873-5506 is the number you can call there at the church. 678-873-5506, 6 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow night. Well, just because of the date we're taping this, and I did talk to your mother, and she gave us a very detailed report of uh, of what happened. But uh, since you were there, and in fact, just this morning, I heard a colleague of, of mine talking with Gloria Gaither about this incident, and she, does, and she actually went into the detail that you and your sister were singing 
uh, on the cruise ship, um, the, the song, Hear My Song, Lord. Uh, and from what Gloria said, um, which was a great testimony, not only for the, for the artist, but for the, uh, the whole, um, uh, the whole group of audience members that were there, the the crew, the cruise ship members, uh, the employees of the cruise ship, were just impressed by the way uh, everybody handled themselves. And I heard the term "glorious" was uh, was was the only word they could use to describe it. What was it like for you to have been a part of of that uh, experience of Anthony Berger when he passed away? I have to say that um, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I mean, we all do. We're it was almost a feeling of being honored to be actually singing when Anthony was going home. Um, there was a, a lot of there was a lot of confusion at the time when it happened because we were singing, uh, my sister and I in the vocal band and uh and Doug Anderson from Signature Sound. We were all up front singing and, and Kim Hopper. And um and then to have to look over and see Anthony his hands clenched up and leaning forward over the piano and the crowd's just going crazy pointing at him saying something's wrong with Anthony and then by the time I looked over which I was on the front line there singing um Ernie I think it was Ernie Haas and uh well a couple of the artists came up and, and had picked Anthony up off the piano bench and carried him backstage and uh he was all cramped up and it was just it was a horrific sight uh, and a, and a horrible thing to try to sing through. Because here's this crowd of, I don't know, 500 people and we're singing praises to the Lord and, and what an appropriate song, you know, this one is yours, Lord, I give you this day. And, and then, and then Anthony's having, which we didn't know at the time, a heart attack because it looked like he was having some kind of a seizure or something. So they carried him backstage and for the matter of the next 10 or 15 minutes, we didn't know how to respond to that because we were all really worried about him because we love him. Mm-hmm. And so here, you know, several of the artists kept getting up, which we were all sitting on stage together and going backstage and checking. And I was just about to die of curiosity. I want to know what was going on. And here we are trying to sing and, uh, and carry on the program um, because we didn't realize the severity of what was going on. So um, really Bill took it to a very spiritual place and Gloria prayed and, we were just, I think that was the longest probably 10 minutes of my life of singing, just not knowing. And they called Bill backstage at one point, and so he came out, and so we knew there was something very serious going on, but we just couldn't go back because we were singing. Um, and then at one point, Bill and Gloria went backstage with them, and, and I kind of led a little bit of the program myself, which is not, you know, not normally my job, but I, mm-hmm. you know, started us on a couple songs and so they could get back out. But, um, it was just, uh, it was, and then after he, after, you know, about 10 minutes and Bill came out and realized what had happened, he canceled the concert and all of us went backstage. And Anthony was laying on the floor and he was already turning blue, purple. Mm-hmm. And then his wife at that point asked, for the artist to come into the room, which I'm sure if Gloria explained this to you, I don't want to be repetitive, but but asked uh, asked for us to sing and to pray. And so all the artists gathered in this small dressing room backstage, and and we sang, Oh Come Angel Band, mm. acapella. Mm. 
And it was just, it was such a, I don't even know how to describe the moment, just an ethereal moment, just heavenly. Mm. Of, and I've never seen a corpse before that wasn't in a casket. Right. So it was kind of, there's so many mixed emotions, it was, it was hard for me to look at him. But yet there was a peace about it. And, um, but it, it really, uh, I guess to sum it up, it, it, there was, it really truly wasn't an honor to be able to be in the presence of angels and knowing that they were there with him, carrying him home at that moment that we were so close to the angels. And um, there was actually a lady in the audience that um, that professed that she saw an angel standing behind Anthony mm-hmm. before he died. And um, I... supposedly a very reputable lady, and uh, I believe in angels. And, yeah. uh, but it was, it was just amazing. It was sad, and, you know, we were all heartbroken, but... But Anthony wanted the, the show to go on, and that's kind of what happened. So. <laughs> and, and 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 again, I think it uh, it, it speaks numbers that you're on a cruise ship. You're you're isolated out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. There's <laughs> <Kinda there's>, creepy. <laughs> there, where there's no news media around. It's kind of it's it's kind of for all uh, for lack of a better term, it's kind of a private event. I mean, you've got these people. You're sort of trapped on a boat together. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's really going or coming like you would in an arena. Uh, and, and for, and for that to, to be, uh, how it's described, not as, not as pandemonium, not as chaos, not as just everybody's just upset and, and we gotta cancel the whole cruise or, right. or cancel everything, uh, that it continued, but it, it shifted gears, uh, into that worship and into what even, um, just the secular, uh, employee on the cruise ship described as glorious. She said, I don't normally use that term. That's not in my language. That's not what I, that's what I normally say, but that's all I can think of is the word glorious. So, wow. um, yeah, yeah it, it that really, was an encouragement. It was amazing. I mean, of course, there was a huge shift and you're on this big vacation cruise to the Caribbean. So everyone's happy and enjoying the sunshine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, midway through the cruise, everything becomes very hard to deal with. And, you know, it was hard because the artists were completely in shock and, and we were trying to cope with losing a friend, um, where, you know, but at the same time we knew that where he was, so we were celebrating that. Um, but the, but we wanted the rest of the cruise to be fun for the people that really didn't know Anthony and that, you know, that this is their only vacation of the year and they paid a lot of money to be out here and they mm-hmm. want to have concerts and singing. So I think the artists were, did a, an amazing job of pulling it together for the people. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's really hard to sing when your heart's broken or when you've been crying all night. And um, it was just a very respectful thing. And the people on the ship were so kind. And they didn't come and ask a thousand questions. They just respected what the artists were going through. And so, you know, we tried our best to, to give them as much information as possible at all times concerning what was going on. And uh, and yet to offer them. And by the end of the cruise, by you know, a few days into after that happened, uh, everyone was was their spirits were picking back up, and mm-hmm. everyone was, you know, hey, Anthony's home. So, That's good. but it was, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was way more unforgettable than the thirty foot swells we had on the cruise before. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's another story you can tell us, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah I, I guess the closest thing that I can think of that would have happened, and it certainly wasn't on stage, but when Rex Nealon was over in, uh, in in London, and and when that situation happened. So it's nothing that uh, it's it's not something that you go through every weekend or even once a year, and so that that um, that you're able to continue really speaks volumes. I think that uh, that you're not just doing it to hustle a buck; that you're really there yeah. for the ministry, and uh, sure. and you and you live what you what you sing about. Well, and thank you. And, and a lot of people, 
asked me, I guess one of the most common questions I get is, what are Bill and Gloria Gaither really like? Yeah. Um, because on the videos, they come across as spiritual and caring and um, emotional and uh, just loving people. And you know what? That's exactly how they are in real life. They're just precious. They love people. They love the Southern gospel music. They love the old timers, the newcomers. Mm-hmm. They just love, and they're very gracious people, and uh, and they truly love the Lord. And I'm so happy to be able to report that about them because people always want to know. And because of the Gaithers and their openness to new styles of music, and groups like the Isaacs were able to hear uh, something that your mother described, or was described to her, and I, I really like it, uh, a hybrid mix, a hybrid breed of music, uh, kind of a new grass flavored. Tell us about that uh, that particular style of the Isaacs that blends some of the old traditional bluegrass sounds with the, the new stuff that's coming out these days. Well, we've, we've had a hard time uh, labeling what our style is because to say that we're bluegrass is not exactly right. Um, to say that we're southern gospel is not exactly right. Um, but we, we have all acoustic instruments and we do tend to lean not only in the traditional area of bluegrass when we do fast songs, but we also do the style called newgrass, which is a more contemporary style of bluegrass. It's more of a unpredictable beat pattern and, uh, and then uh, kind of a fun clap, clapping kind of a, a groove. More funky bluegrass, I guess you'd say yeah, it. Right, and we right. call it our praise and worship bluegrass. But um, but we tend to, uh, we do those kinds of styles. And, and then on our, our ballads, we tend to be a little more um, chord and harmony acoustic driven than any bluegrass, main bluegrass groups. Mm-hmm. So um, so I don't really don't know what we're what we're labeled as or what we're called, but... But we try to include everyone. And we have, you know, it's one of the best compliments that we get is when people come up to us and say, you know, I didn't, I don't really like bluegrass, but I love the Isaacs. And, or I never liked bluegrass, so I heard the Isaacs. And we get that so much that we had to have a t-shirt made up. <laughs> it says the Isaacs and it says bluegrass. The Isaacs made a believer out of me. <laughs> so, That's pretty good. Yeah. So, well. but, but I want to encourage and invite everyone that can to come and see us. Uh, because we're we're gonna have a great time and um, we can't do it without y'all. Yeah. So what whatever you call them, I, I know you're gonna love them. The Isaacs tomorrow night, Second Baptist Church in Griffin at six o'clock. And uh, again, more information is available at six seven eight eight seven three five five zero six. Sonia, this has been so much fun. Can we do it again sometime? Absolutely, anytime. And you know, I wanted to uh, to just announce to our website. Yeah. Um, it's www.theisaacs.com. And Isaacs is I-S-A-A-C-S dot com. And you can go on there and look at our schedule and find the name of the church and all that stuff, too. So And a, and a very interactive place, too. Yeah, right. some uh, photos and updates on what's going on. Sure. Yeah, theisaacs.com. Yes, sir. Thanks, Sonia. We'll do it again soon, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you.